Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Oh, we've had such a great month of interviews. Uh, yeah. it's, it's It was really cool. Um, March Madness is underway. We're going to be talking about the books that are in the in the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals? Semifinals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, semifinals. Mm-hmm. semifinals. Um, yeah, uh, it's an exciting show today. Yeah, it's been a big month, and Hugo nominations are coming to a close. Oh, this good week, reminder! I if you are listening to this before the end on March fifteenth, good reminder. <laughs> we'll have more on that later in the show. All right. So uh, before we got started, uh, Tom sent me a text message and asked uh, if I was drinking anything for this episode, and I was like, "No, getting over a little bit of a cold. Probably shouldn't risk it." And I come up to add some things to the lineup for the show. And I notice that Tom has written that Tom is drinking regret (laughs) and Veronica is drinking despair. And so I wanted a little background on this, Tom. Why well, are, why are we drinking regret I, and despair? I didn't mean to to presume, but you know, whenever anyone has a cold, you feel a little desperate, right? A little bit. So I may be overstating it, but that's why I put despair. <laughs> that's uh, the and, backstory. And I am I uh, drank a lot at South by Southwest this weekend. So I, I thought again, overstating it. I drink mm-hmm, I drink mm-hmm. a little regret at how much I drank. Yeah, Although, I, honestly, you know, I, at my age, I, I don't even drink that much. I was never really super hungover. I'm always embarrassed by the fact that two drinks not only puts me in the can, but also will make <laughs> me sick the next day. It's, oh, I never got sick. That's sad. I'm sorry. I'm a cheap date. I'm a cheap date. That's not even cheap. That's like, oh, I, that's like, I'm so sorry. That's regret. That's, what that's that regret. That's regret. Yeah. But uh, I, I but take yeah. it very seriously when I can enjoy a really lovely, you know, like a, a bourbon or a scotch or something nice, a nice glass of wine, because mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. only have that one. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. I had more than one. I had more than two on a couple of nights. And there was one night that I I had seven. Seven? <laughs> Over the course of like eight hours, though. That's a long time. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're healthy. Only a little bit of regret and despair. Yeah, and it looked like you had a great time at South by. So yeah, it was good to see the Brushwood and the Justin Robert Young and and have fun at the their event, which was fantastic. The Ice Cream Social podcast guys were there. They're fantastic, hilarious uh, folks. It was really fun meeting them. So yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Tom and I are competing uh, in this year's. A summer movie draft. Oh, we and are winning. This Team Sword summer. and Laser is pretty strong. We have some pretty strong picks, I gotta say. Um, so they can go, Sword and Laser listeners can go check that out on Night Attack, right? The Night Attack podcast? Uh, yeah, Night Attack podcast will have the recording where Veronica mm-hmm. and I did the drafting, and that was fun. And if you want to keep up with our standings, you go to draft.diamondclub.tv. Uh, and they'll have the standings of the different teams. Right now we're tied for second place because only one movie's come out. So the person who had Captain Marvel, John Trekker, they're in first place. Uh, but you can click on the movies, see all the movies we have. We have Aladdin, The Lion King, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick. I'm feeling pretty good. 
I'm feeling, and we get a, in case you don't know how this works, we get a point for each dollar of U.S. domestic gross and the team with the most points at the end wins. Yep. So John Trekker, uh, team John Trekker is definitely winning because they, they spent a lot of their money on Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, a lot of their points rather. So, and they had a little extra because they won last year. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Feeling good, feeling strong. But let's yeah. return back into the world of our podcast and jump right into the quick burns. Starting with Ruth, uh, who notes, uh, thank you, Ruth, that Michael B. Jordan's production company is teaming up with Warner Brothers to get the movie rights to Black Leopard Red Wolf, which sadly was eliminated in the first round, but got a lot of praise on Goodreads from the folks participating in our tournament. I'm a little disappointed. I can't remember what it was up against. Um, I feel like it might have been the Poppy War. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. No, well, you can go to challenge.com slash sword and laser or just sword and laser.com and search and click on March Madness. And you can see the brackets where you would see that it lost to the Poppy War. Yeah, Ah, I was right. See, it was all in my mind already. I didn't need no fancy technology memory aids. Anyway, uh, pretty cool. I Michael B. Jordan's Outlier Society. Uh, getting part of the rights with Warner Brothers doesn't doesn't mean that Michael B. Jordan would be in the movie, but I can't imagine he wouldn't want to be. <laughs> he in wouldn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, right? fantastic. Uh, Dara Dara says March is Women's History Month, and Sci-Fi's Fangirls is celebrating women with a limited podcast series called Forgotten Women of Genre. Science fiction, fantasy, and all associated genres have finally evolved from a niche interest into a mainstream staple. But the women who have been instrumental in creating and shaping the nerdverse have largely gone unrecognized until today. Forgotten Women of Genre tells the stories of the women who helped some of the most famous fantasy worlds become a reality. And the first episode is about Carol Clover and the final girl. Well, very cool. Uh, good, good, good work, Siffy. Uh, sci-fi network. Uh, I will new, listen to that. Yeah, that's that's super educational. By the way, Dara Dara in this same post uh, added the following. It's early morning. You're tired. You were up late listening to the latest episode of Sword and Laser. You look in the mirror as you brush your teeth. Your reflection is Sam Sykes. Good morning. I bet you think I'm going to tell you to buy my book. I'm not. I'm here to tell you that nominations for the 2019 Hugo Awards are open and you should nominate Sword and Laser. I know I am also by my book. How he managed to get all of that out through a mouthful of toothpaste, you'll never know. <laughs> Instructions on how to vote can be found at Dublin2019.com. Check your email for individual links for online nominating. Voting ends Friday, March 15th at 1159 Pacific time. Ooh, exciting. I think we should just go to Dublin anyway. Why not? Right? I'm, right? I'm kind of into that. Yeah. I think we, we should just go. We could speak at the conference, potentially. Yeah, yeah potentially, right? if we get selected. I'm already a member, so might I'm a member. Well cash it in. And I love Ireland. I've never been. We could probably get some good author interviews. Yeah, we could. We could interview James Joyce. I'm sure he's still around there somewhere. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, thank no, there's you. fantastic authors in Ireland, and there will be even more at the Hugos, right? Uh, or at Worldcon, uh, Dublin 2019. So, yeah, this this is a good plan. 
I, I, I approve this plan. That's a good plan. Uh, thank you, Dara, for once again uh, writing some amazing sword and laser fanfic. It so is good. kind of so my good. favorite thing. And also, I kind of want to share this with Sam because I think he would get a kick out of it. Well, she kind of captured Sam's voice when he yeah. writes his buy my book tweets, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe a little less horror, horror or fide. But there's there's a little horror fantasy where you're looking in the mirror and Sam Sykes is speaking back to you. Not that Sam's look, horror, just like something. That like, idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I couldn't look into the bathroom mirror of my house growing up um, because of Candyman. Ah, uh-huh. I, and I never, to be clear, I never saw Candyman. I was just aware of the concept just of Candyman. Just the, the trope enough. Yeah. Huh. And so I couldn't look into the mirror. Anyway, Silvana says, Cersei, a past SNL pick, is included in the long list for the 2019 Women's Prize for Fiction, along with some other writers, such as the one highlighted in this article, a non-binary trans author from Nigeria, Awakake, oh boy, Akwa, oh boy. Akwaki Amezi? Damn you, Merit. That's my best, I don't know if that's right. That's my best try. With her novel, Freshwater. I so almost got there. I so almost got there. I apologize. I freeze up. I freeze up like some like a deer in headlights when I see a name I don't know how to pronounce. I think you should just own it and just be like, I don't know how to pronounce this, but here goes. That's embarrassing. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Uh, this, there's a, there's a great author, uh, article on all of this at theguardian.com. If you want to check it out, good, good place to find some good reading recommendations there. Very cool. Uh, welcome stubble to the quick burns submission family stubble writes the episode titles for the first four wheel of time series have been revealed and seems to indicate that the first season will be based on book one and two titles have been revealed by images of each script's first page. The episode titles are leave takings shadows waiting a place of safety and dragon reborn on the fourth script image. There's a faint trace of episode six being named the flame of tar which indicate events in the beginning Mm -hmm. of book two. You can find information about this on the Daily Trolloc. Very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. And then Dara says Martha Wells' Murderbot will return in a full-length novel in 2020 called Network Effect. Very cool. A full-length novel. I need to get on the Murderbot train. Me too. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And by that, I mean the book, of course. And of course, the the uh, it has won a Hugo. It has won a Nebula. Yeah. It's nominated for another. It won an Alex Award and a Locus Award. It has been nominated for a Philip K. Dick Award. It received RT Reviewer's Choice Award and a British Science Fiction Award. Sure, so but is it it's good? pretty good? You know, who's to say? <laughs> but who, who's who can to tell? say if people think tell? it's good? You know, I mean, there's probably a lot of differing opinions out there, but yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Do I even have? No, I don't. I'm putting it. Oh, yeah. No, I do. I just didn't have the. I had Martha Wells down. All right. On my list of, of potentials. All right. Uh, TRP wrote that the trailer is out for the stars adaptation of The Rook by Daniel O'Malley. Uh, it all looks a bit dark and serious, says TRP. I seem to recall the book had a lighter touch. Probably worth a watch. Uh I know what he means, especially because I, I listened to the audiobook, and the audiobook gives a sort of lighthearted air to what is, in fact, a very dark tale. Like mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. wakes up surrounded by bodies and doesn't remember who they are. That's that's not very lighthearted. Uh, and this Stars trailer got me super excited because it really makes it look like an action movie, but makes it clear that we are not going to skimp on the fantastical elements of it. Yes, although... 
you know, it feels a little more almost like, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Like cyberpunky rather mm. than mm-hmm. fantastical. Yeah, because of that action movie feel. Because yeah. it, it, it's really trying to get people interested by saying, I woke up in a field of bodies and I don't know where I am, you know, and, and be like, okay, there's a mystery to be solved here. Is, is she mm-hmm. a secret agent? Is, did, did, is she a killer? Uh, did, was she framed? You know, those are all the right questions to be answering, asking in this story. But they did hint at those fantastical elements that we know from the book are going to show up. It's, it doesn't have... Daniel O'Malley's voice in the trailer. And I'm fine with that. Uh, if they take a more serious approach, could be, I think it could be really fun. I didn't know Olivia Munn was in it either. That was a, mm. that was a surprise. We got an Olivia Munn uh, uh, showing, I guess. Oh, that was <laughs> I was a weird trying thing. to come I up with something s- for Olivia Munn. A, a Munn sighting. A, a Munn, it was a Monday. Mm, no. no, no, no. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> Game of Thrones, the final season trailer, Be Prepared for Death, has been put up onto the internet. Yeah, And it sure IO9 has. has a story about it, and people were flipping out. Um, and it's pretty <laughs> awesome looking. And yeah, it's it's all about the White Walkers. It's all about that the they're they're coming over that wall. People got a band together, maybe. Maybe April some 14th, weird alliances. April 14th. We see Jamie Lannister on a boat. Uh, we see Jamie Lannister saying some things that imply that he's, you know, full on board to help uh, John and and Danny fight the White Walkers. We see Cersei in Dragonstone, which makes me think that she decides while everybody else is distracted to just kind of go clean up. But of mm. course, there's not going to be anybody to fight her because everyone with any sense will be fighting the White Walkers. So, right. Yeah. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah. we, we've heard lots of things like, this is not going to end happy and it's not going to be the fairy tale ending people may want. And no, yeah, no it's kidding. Gonna, it's game of Thrones. We know like one of the main two characters that we love is going to die. We, I just don't know which one. <laughs> one of them is going to sacrifice themselves from the other and there'll be a baby to carry it on. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, it looks, it looks rad though. I'm, I'm very excited. And I've got that bottle of wine to drink. Finally. It's been sitting on my mantle. Just waiting, waiting for the day. Tom bought me a Game of Thrones bottle of wine and it's, it's been hanging out here at the house. All right. April 14th. Pop that cork. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, Amazon revealed a finalized map for its Lord of the Rings based series, March 7th, which showed the island of Numenor in the lower left-hand corner. Now that confirms several things. Uh, The show will be set in the second age uh, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are in the third age. So this is going to take place quite a bit before the events of Lord of the Rings. Numenor, by the time we see the Lord of the Rings, has already been destroyed for thousands of years. Uh, hat tip to Stubble, by the way. He, he he posted something about this, but he didn't have a link and he didn't have all the details. It was good effort. Um, but the thing about Numenor is it falls part way through the second age uh, because the king uh, tries to get in league with Sauron early on. Uh, and it and it is the end of the second age is when the elves and the men finally team up and fight Sauron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Isildur gets the ring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So having Numenor on this map means this is going to happen. A lot of people are thinking, oh, we might see the events leading up to the, ba- the you know, the battle of the alliance of elves and men. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're going to be seeing uh, the betrayal of man by the king of Numenor. Ooh, exciting. 
and maybe a young Sauron. You know, <laughs> like a like a hipster Sauron. He's just like a young. <laughs> That's great. He's riding a, a bird scooter around Numenor. Oh my god. No. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Saw this fantastic tweet, and Godspeed, Priscilla. Uh, but she wrote, I am committed to reading every single sword and laser starting from the beginning. And if I like the first book, I'll continue with the entire series. I am standing, Priscilla, and applauding you. I said Priscilla. I'm not sure why. Apparently, he's literally standing. I can see him. I can see him. Godspeed, um, Priscilla. Godspeed. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I retweeted that today, and a lot of people were like, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I didn't finish one book. We've talked or about this recently. I? Yeah, I, I definitely have not read all the books. We know I, this. I discussed this sure. of Avalon before I was done with it, because I'm like, I know Arthurian legend. I don't know where this is going. Uh, but I did end up finishing it afterwards. I think I've read everything else. Yeah, there's two for me, two at least for me mm-hmm. that I didn't finish all the way. Okay. So well, uh, Priscilla, you will outlast us all. Ooh, <laughs> is she going to do alternate picks or just main picks? Good I question. think just main picks. I would say just main picks is perfectly impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'd still be wicked impressed <laughs> if you pull that off. Uh, also impressive is Mark Ferrando, who, without our knowledge until this week. Uh, or last week, has saved the old Sword and Laser video series set. Yes. This is he amazing. Says, I'm a former employee of PixelCore, the company which used to shoot the video episodes of Sword and Laser. After the show wrapped, the company had to dismantle the set, but it had nowhere to store it and was just going to throw it out. I managed to arrange it so that the set elements were transported to my parents' home in Petaluma, where we rebuilt it in their garage with some modifications to fit the geometry of the available space. Ever since, we have used it to host community game nights, family reunions, and other festivities, and we have added our own embellishments over the years, including a custom carbonite statue of my sister, (laughs) mementos from various conventions, and a menagerie of dragons to take the place of Lem. I'm not quite sure where he ended up, although I think we might have the smoke machine and tubing that was used to help bring him to life. (laughs) Well, we can answer that question because you have Lem, right? I have Lem. He's in my basement. Yeah, I mean, he obviously- Guarding your basement. He's guarding, he's like the troll in my basement. He's literally (laughs) a dragon in my basement. Um, And when I read this message on Goodreads, so I almost never check my Goodreads messages. And so I hadn't seen this for a long time. And then even tonight when I went back to copy this message in, I saw that Mark had sent a few more messages. So I'm sorry, Mark, that I didn't get a chance to respond to those yet. But seriously, this like made me so happy to hear because Pixelcore asked us, they were like, we can't hold on to this anymore. We have nowhere to put it. And Tom and I were like, well, we don't have anywhere to put it. And we can't really afford to like put it in storage somewhere. So I guess we're just going to have to break it up and, and take bits home and do whatever. And I'm so happy that Mark took it upon himself to do this. And he sent pictures. We'll have a link to them in the show notes. They're over on Goodreads. And I really hope I can make it up there sometime um, to, to join in with game night. Maybe some of the local sword and laser folks and, and I can, can go up there. Um, I would love to see it. I'd love to see what you made of it. And honestly, when I saw the picture, especially with the the carbonite statue, in my mind, I was like, 
I don't remember us having a carbonite statue in the set <laughs> of his sister. Of his sister, no. set. <laughs> well, it's huh. hard from a distance. It, it looks just like the the traditional like Han, Han Solo, yeah. um, and so I was very confused for a moment until I I saw that part. Uh, so, Mark, you are you're amazing. I think that's pretty darn cool, and I'm so glad that it it has lived on to be a wonderful community place where people can get together and do exactly what we intended for it to be, which is a place where you can get together with your friends and talk about nerdy sci-fi fantasy, all the stuff you love. It's like it's the whole idea incarnate, like in the world. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, fantastic. That's very cool. I'm excited. Then Benedict said, just found the new episode for Sword and Laser. Thank God it's Tuesday evening, but this is like audio crack. Pray emoji plus one heart emoji. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I think, incredibly flattering. Yes. I'm pretty don't sure do drugs. it's, well, don't do drugs is my <laughs> only hesitation. Exactly. Otherwise, 100% flattering. 100, Benedict. 100 emoji. Um, emoji 100. That's yeah. right. Um, no, I love that. And I actually responded because that was the week where we had an episode come out on Friday because I got so busy at work that I forgot to publish the episode, even though Jim had it on time and everything. And then the week after, we had a regular episode with uh, S.A. Uh, Chakraborty. And so I had that come out. So they were very close together. I'm like, and guess what? We have another episode coming out boom, today. Boom, boom, bam, bam, boom. bam. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Mm. Um, so thank you, everyone, for your for your kind tweets and messages. Keep them coming. Twitter, at Sword and Laser. Book of the Month Club discussion? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, it is time to normally... At the, well, we're mid-month, so it's a little early, but we always check in on the book we're reading, and we will do that. We will check in on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone uh, shortly, uh, but we will not know the book pick for April until the tournament is done. Mm -hmm. Now, the tournament finishes the night before our next episode two weeks from now. So to give you folks, if you haven't already been immersed in the tournament— a little information about what's going on with the tournament, what the book possibilities might be for April ahead of time, and maybe encourage you to get in there and cast your votes. Uh, I thought we'd just go through the final four, uh, the the four books, two sword, two laser that are that are finishing up the tournament right now. We're really only down to four. Yeah. It's oh my the gosh! Final countdown. And holy moly, theft of swords and the Martian Chronicles have both made it pretty far. Uh, yeah. So the theft of swords, uh, is taking on trail of lightning by Rebecca Roanhouse, Roan horse, uh, and the first 15 lives of Harry August by Claire North is taking on the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. Now, interestingly, uh, all the matchups, uh, featured one male, one female author in the first round, and it has carried on just through the votes of you to be the same thing. So we have Michael J. Sullivan versus Rebecca Roanhorse. We have Claire North versus Ray Bradbury. Uh, so this is really interesting. We also have, uh, you know, like perennial tournament contenders in mm -hmm. Ray Bradbury and Michael J. Sullivan know, know. versus newcomers like Rebecca Roanhorse and Claire North. So let, let's start by talking about Michael J. Sullivan, who's beloved by our robberator, our, our moderator, Rob, uh, who's been leading the, the campaign uh, to vote for it. Uh, this was two books, The Crown Conspiracy and Avampartha, when Michael J. Sullivan first self-published them as a six-volume series. And then they were picked up by 
Orbit books and published in 2011 and 22. The Theft of Swords being the first of the trilogy, which is the first two books of the original six-volume set. Anyway, uh, it is high fantasy. Uh, and uh, Royce and Hadrian, together known as Ryeria, are approached by a man offering much gold to steal a sword owned by Count Pickering from the royal palace in Medford, the capital of the kingdom of Melangar. While searching for the sword, they discover the dead body of the king and are accused of his murder. And hilarity ensues. Wait, so they're like Benefer or like... Royce and Hadrian? Yeah. <laughs> Ryerian? Why not Ryerian? I don't know. I think it's explained Because like my husband Ryan and I, we call ourselves like Ryanica. Mm-hmm. Reverit. Yeah. Reverit. Yeah. Tom <laughs> yeah. and Eileen just doesn't really meld. Tylene. Tylene. Tolene. Reverit. I, I actually, I like. I might just change my last name to that. Well, it's kind of interesting that they, I, I need to know more. I need to know more about why they are together known as Ryeria. Ryeria. Ry- I'm sure Rob can tell you. Ryeria. Ryeria. And how to pronounce it also. Ryeria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. Uh, this this book has gotten a lot of a lot of play, I believe, in the in the uh, award circuit as well. Um, and one that I've been curious about reading for a long Me time. Too. Not to put any not to put any pressure on it. Again, we did not vote uh, so far. And the uh, the description is: while most of the world has drowned beneath the sudden rising waters of a climate apocalypse, Dineta formerly the Navajo Reservation, has been reborn. The gods and heroes of legend walk the land, but so do monsters. Maggie Hosky is a Dinata monster hunter, a supernaturally gifted killer. When a small town needs help finding the missing girl, Maggie is their last and best hope. But what Maggie uncovers about the monster is much larger and more terrifying than anything she could imagine. Great, looking forward to mispronouncing those for a month if it wins, so (laughs) there's that. Um... Yeah, th- this this reminds me uh, a little bit of um, N.K. Jemison. It reminds me a little bit of the Kate Daniels series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just well. the description. I mean, obviously, we mm-hmm. haven't read it yet, so uh, we we don't want to you know cast judging books by the cover sort of judgments here. But I'm excited about this. I would be happy to read either of these books uh, should they win. But that's the sword side of the bracket. Let's talk about the the sci-fi matchup, the laser side. First first 15 Lives of Harry August, a novel by Claire North, a pseudonym of British author Catherine Webb, published in April 2014. It won the Campbell Award for Best Science Fiction Novel. Oh, that's not Mm. nothing. Uh, Was nominated for the Arthur C. Clarke Award for Best Science Fiction Novel and was featured in both the Richard and Judy Book Club and the BBC Radio 2 Book Club. Harry August was born in the women's washroom of Berwick-upon-Tweed Station in 1919, leads an unremarkable life, and dies in hospital in Newcastle-upon-Tyne in 1989. He then finds himself born again in 1919 in the same circumstances, gaining the knowledge of his earlier Ooh. life at an early age. He learns he is an Ouroboran or Kalachkara, Kalachakra and is designed to be reborn again and again and again. He is not alone and is soon contacted by the Cronus Club, an organization of similarly affected members who look after him in childhood in subsequent lives. Cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And won the Campbell Award, so ain't bad. Yeah. But Claire is up against some stiff competition. Yes. Up against the classic, The Martian Chronicles, which, of course, is a 1950 science fiction short story fix-up 
by Ray Bradbury that chronicles the colonization of Mars by humans fleeing from a troubled and eventually atomically devastated Earth and the conflict between aboriginal Martians and the new colonists. The book lies somewhere in between a short story collection and an episodic novel containing stories Bradbury originally published in the late 1940s in science fiction magazines. The stories were loosely woven together with a series of short interstitial vignettes for publication. So, folks, if you have not been voting and you're like, I didn't know about all this, I don't understand, go to swordandlaser.com, click on March Madness, look at the brackets, you'll understand how the brackets work, and then click on the voting thing and it'll take you right to the polls. Or you can just go into our Goodreads group. If you're already a Goodreads uh, group member at Sword and Laser uh, on Goodreads, just find the polls. And there's only two now uh, featured at the top of the polls page. Uh, the one for Claire North versus Ray Bradbury and the one for Michael J. Sullivan versus Rebecca Roanhorse. And they're also new against old as well. They are. Well, I mean, Michael J. Sullivan, not nearly as old as it's, Ray Bradbury, no, but, but, but yeah, still. but brand new against pet the past. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Let's do a quick book check-in on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone. Um, we had a book briefing go up. Uh, Tom, I always love it when you read your own book briefings. So if you would do us the honor. Oh, I thought we did that last time. Did we oh, not? Oh, did we? Then why'd you put it back in the, t- in the I thing? always link to it for the show notes uh, just so people can find okay. it. Okay. All right. That's fine. You don't have to read it again. I won't make you do that. Um, but I did want to read this post that I found uh, particularly funny by Nils, who says, I'm a bit late in my reread due to waiting for the Stephen Fry audiobook in my library. One of the first things I realized, wow, those Dursleys were really, really over the top evil to poor Harry, and they went nuts pretty quickly. Then I thought, okay, but looking at what the wizard's world is like, I can absolutely understand why they would react like that. I mean, obviously not the never do anything nice to Harry ever approach, but keeping him out of the wizarding world, I get it. As a muggle with a wizard sister, I would really, really dislike them as well. What? You have a wizard sister? (laughs) No, he's saying if I were Petunia and had a wizard sister. Ah, got it. I prefer to think that he has a wizard sister. (laughs) Also, he might have a wizard sister. Uh, they can, he continues to say they can have everything they ever want with a wave of their wand. Do they help anybody outside their tiny world? Nope. Do they make the life of their families any better? Nope. Why? Well, the only sentence we have on this in book one is from Hagrid. Probably not the best voice of reason, but it comes down to if they knew they would ask us to solve all their problems. Why? Yes, we would. So he goes on, but it's uh, it's it's pretty funny. I mean, he he also asks, and someone remind me, is there in later books something about the relationship between Lily and her sister? I mean, she obviously is a very hateful person in this book, but is there something like Half Blood Prince where we realize it's not as one sided as it seems? Uh, not in book one. There's not. No, you have to no. you have to wait to Half Blood Prince <laughs> to get. He that said stuff. later books. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So more on that later. Don't want to be too spoilery. Um, but yeah, but, I, but what do you speaking, think? Were they right? Uh, I think someone said what I'm about to say. So let me see if I could, uh, if I could try to find this. Um, but someone pointed out that yes, in the later books, uh, JK Rowling gets more detailed, but deeper relationships. And that's kind of on purpose. The first book uh, is intended. Oh, here we go. John Taloni said this. The first book was intended for children or middle grade at most. The Dursleys were caricatures, as were most of the characters, as well as the situation. Since the book took off, Rowling went deeper. It's almost as if the fir- first book is an alternate universe compared to later works. I wouldn't agree with that last line, but uh, I think she did intend that first book to be very 
young reader and the books are getting more complex as Harry gets older. So what whatever age Harry is in the book I think is what the book is targeted towards mm-hmm. to the point where when he's 18 it's a very adult book. It's it's still young adult but it's 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 very more much more mature and in depth with complex characterizations than it has in the first book where he's 11. So, you know, it's got an 11-year-old sort of perspective and I I think that is intentional. I also think the Dursleys are meant to be representative and I said this in the thread of people who do, who have narrow-mindedness, mm-hmm. uh, people who are not open-minded. Uh, and so while the idea of objecting to the wizarding world or wanting to protect Harry from it might be sympathetic, the Dursleys are not doing it for any of the reasons that I think yeah, right. anyone in this thread would do it. Although, uh, they're just no. doing it out of recidivism, out of some sort of knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, I mean, Priscilla, Dara, Ruth, a lot of people jump in to say that there was a very sad relationship um, and that maybe Petunia and Lily could have repaired that relationship had Lily not died. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, there was a lot of jealousy there and a lot of feeling left out. So it's it's based in, in you know, typical sibling rivalries. It's kind of taken to the next level in a lot yeah. of ways and then further exacerbated by the fact that they weren't able to ever make amends as adults and kind of understand each other better. Um, if that were to happen at all. So, yeah, it's it's a tragic story, I think. But that definitely does not excuse the behavior of the Dursleys to to Harry, for sure. Especially the father, who oh. didn't, didn't have that relationship with uh, Lily. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind uh, of an asshole. Basically. He's just a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So... Um, and I think he's supposed to be. Again, mm-hmm. even even when they make the Dursleys more complex in the later books, they are still people who just, like, and and it's a British trope, you know, the people who believe in keeping up appearances above all else. Mm-hmm. Hence the TV series, Keeping Up Appearances. Is that a show? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know what else is a show? Uh, oh, I have, I have something else to add. Oh. To the Harry Potter thing. You're um, ruining my segue. I but know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I, I, it, but you do it to me all the time. So I feel like I get this one. <laughs> uh, I wanted, I just wanted to, to mention that I am already reading the third book. Oh, you kept going. I just kept going. I was having so much fun reading the first book that I just kept going because it's like seeing the movies again, but with bonus content mm-hmm. because you have so much more in the books. Uh, and the Jim Dale readings are really good. I know they're not, uh, they're not, uh, uh, Stephen Fry, but but they're great, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I enjoyed the first book the most so far because wow. it's just so wide eyed and and fun and everything's new and you're starting to see Harry getting jaded and I know why and I know where it's going and I know where this is all is leading uh, and I think I'm really gonna enjoy the whole run through the series so it's it's pretty fun. Is he getting a little too Quintiny? He gets real Quintiny Quintiny in book five, I think. That's yeah. the the order of the phoenix. You just kind of hate Harry. <laughs> for the first part of the book because <laughs> he's such a teen. I have to, I do have to say TV wise, the magicians and Star Trek discovery are kind of blowing my mind right now. Like those two shows have gotten <sighs> really good. I need to catch up on the magicians. I have it. I have it uh, recorded. I just, I just, uh, I keep thinking, Oh yeah, I'll start that. I'll start that. Now I'm going to have to binge it, which, which is fine. Um, but you know, what else is a show? Our show. Thank you. I was going to say, speaking of shows, 
but you did it. You did an excellent job. Um, our <laughs> show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books. We have links to books and we get a cut if you buy anything, including a television. So just click on a link to a book, buy a book, a television, a car, whatever you can get. We'll get, it'll help out the show. Uh, and it's really, honestly, uh, the page is like a little bookshop at this point where you can just browse mm-hmm. through all of these great titles that we've added over the years at swordandlaser.com slash picks. We know Priscilla's checking them out. Hmm? going through that back catalog. All right. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.